Welcome to a world where two strangers can make a podcast. This podcast is titled Two Strangers Made a Podcast because they really did. We are recording. We are. I just heard the bot. Well, I, it's probably an AI voice or... Maybe there is a strange woman in my room. You don't know. <laughs> <Can be. laughs> if her name's Siri, I think we've got, I'm not going to really believe it, but okay. See, our two listeners need to know that we still don't have our cameras on. And we don't know we don't. what we look like. We... So, this is like we... the world's longest courtship. we've been talking about the reveal for months now two months i think but no i don't think it's going to happen unless we do a big it's got to be big like it's got to be yeah we need to get almost like um, a worldwide we need to get uh, listeners in the double digits before that happens (laughs) well you'd be happy to know that today while i was busy looking at the analytics of our of our podcast the last two episodes now are tied for 26 listens each. Whoa. And yeah. And I think I might have listened to the last one a couple times by myself. You so see, what's really concerning about that is knowing mm-hmm. that 24, 25, 26 people spent mm-hmm. time out of their day <laughs> to listen to us talk about nothing. And, and the last one was bulky. It was 30 minutes of nothing. So that's... Wow. It gets commendable. I, it's I feel commendable. a lot of um, responsibility now to be interesting. You feel responsibility for this? Oh, yeah, not really. I take that. I'm digging. <laughs> okay, for for a nanosecond, I was going to dig deep, as we like to say, but <laughs> you you snapped back to reality, and that was that. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you about your other podcast, which I haven't. Do you have one other or do you have several? Others? I have a, several other, but they're all, I have such, I pay such little attention to them. So the big one is uh, called Science Monkey, sciencemonkey.ca yes, okay. people, mm-hmm. which I do in partnership with Professor Graham Sanders of the University of Toronto. Uh, okay. Graham is a professor of medieval Chinese poetry and I'm a professor of epidemiology. And together, yep, yep. of course, we talk about science because what else would you want? A, an expert in Chinese medieval poetry to talk about, if not science. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that one gets, we, we actually, we take that one seriously. We've yeah, only okay. had uh, about 17 episodes has been on hiatus since the pandemic. Um, yeah. I've got a few in the tank that need to be published. I have another one in my personal podcast uh, called Deal Nandia, which I just, if I have something interesting to say or some COVID analysis that needs to be put um, into the air, I will yeah. record something fast and put that out. And I've also had my students um, record things for for, for marks. Ah. Um, yeah, so I tell them, hey, do a, um, analyze this quasi-experiment on vaccine efficacy in Zimbabwe. And I'll make okay. a podcast out of it and you get a mark for it. And I have another podcast that I do as part of the Interdisciplinary Journal of Health Sciences, which is a, a peer-reviewed journal that I created. Um, okay. It has a podcast called Health Sciences Today. We've only had three episodes, and it's done in partnership with a PhD student named Stephen mm. Pritcher. We talk about the health implications of every election. So just before an election, we'll have a conversation um, about that. And as well, I produce the official podcast of the Canadian Society of mm. Epidemiology and Biostatistics, which again, we haven't had a new episode in a very long time. That's a lot of boring content out there. 
this is the this, the thing we're doing right now. This is the highlight of entertainment. <laughs> I think it is. There were several moments today when I was actually looking forward to this. So that's, that's, <laughs> that is that's the, the the life of a retiree. Yes. Um, wow. Hey. But yes. Um, as usual, I have a blank screen when it comes to topics. But um, that's fine because I think the first time we chatted, we had we, our guiding questions started and stayed at zero, and we managed to to chat for a couple of hours. So, you know what? I want to start quite impressive. I saw a tweet we, today. Oh, I saw okay. a tweet today, and this tweet was put out by uh, Warren Kinsella, who's a, a political analyst. People might have heard of him, and mm -hmm. responded to by Doctor. Uh, Jacob uh, Reed, who's a radiologist here in Ontario, and they're okay. talking about punk rock. Oh no! And, and there was some poll of the twenty-five most influential albums, and that was okay. Warren saying there are no punk rock albums on this, and the response that uh, Dr. Reed just, uh, gave was, "If it's punk rock, by definition, it cannot be acknowledged by the mainstream as being." amongst the most favorite albums so if it's on that list it cannot be def by definition punk rock so there and then i i commented that my mm. future brother-in-law who's in his early 30s knew of my love for punk rock and said to me in all of my personal horror he said to me so that means you like like some 41 and things like that and i stared <laughs> at him because oh, i didn't oh, that know it's worth a death glare yeah i didn't yeah, know yeah. what more to say now i like some 41 i have nothing against them that's not punk rock. <laughs> There's a few okay. bands, a few of those that I get mixed up. I hear them and they sort of go into a category of, is it some 41? Is it fallout boy? Is <laughs> it like, I don't quite know, but uh, I'm not offended by any other music, but I would yeah. agree with you 100% that, that, that I don't see the punk rockiness of that. Yeah. At all. They but... call it pop punk. It's fine. Okay. It's just not the society challenging, iconoclastic, um, social upheaval music of the 70s that was punk rock. Mm. That was created by people who don't know how to play their instruments, yeah. who just had something angry to say. <laughs> well, I was actually on the 70s kick the other day where I was sort of going down the Spotify YouTube rabbit hole where you look for one band or one song and you listen to it and then off on this tangent and off on that tangent and off on this. And I ended up listening to like um, a seventies gold channel and it was just <laughs> uh, like seals and Croft. Right. And um, just, you know, I don't often fall into that. That seventies always but... struck me as whenever I saw that name, I thought it was the beginning of a wildlife TV show of some kind. <laughs> yeah, that's very... I'm not trying to be funny. I generally sponsored by the mutual of Omaha, yeah. right? Like yeah. <laughs> so I yeah, I could never figure out whether Seals and Croft was the beginning of a some sort of a, a Canadianized pasta company or uh, <laughs> yeah, or uh, some um well they were off of HR puppy stuff. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. But some of the then and then I started ended up started ended up grammar <laughs> it's gonna be a problem tonight but um then i ended up listening to some steely dan right and i sort of just focused on not to overanalyze really melodic stuff like if you listen to that if you listen to hey 19 
and you haven't heard it in a long time, you can still, it's one of those classics that you can pick out, oh, here comes a neat change and here comes a neat change. And I know we've sort of touched on these discussions before with our, with our, you with know, our Vangelis like talks. Yeah. But, music like Steely Dan, you know, I didn't start to appreciate it until I was older. Until I was oh, for sure. For sure. I don't remember anybody listening to Steely Dan. I remember hearing it on the radio when I was probably junior high, I think that's when Hey 19 came out, but it, it, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't the right thing to do to go to school and say, Hey cats, did you listen to Steely Dan last night? That wouldn't have worked in my, uh, <laughs> in, in, in my lifetime, but you're right. right. As you get older, you, you sort of revisit that stuff and you go, wow, there is just, some beautiful, beautiful things. Bands in that category, like the Doobie Brothers. Mm, you know? For sure. For I kind sure. Of get them all con uh, confused. Yeah, that's right. They're easy to confuse too, because at one point, I think they all kind of, I'm sure their careers sort of overlapped and they all played in each other's bands, right? It's like the, the sort of, if you ever listen to the Southern rock stuff, you can never yeah. figure out who was in Leonard Skinner while the Almond Brothers were fighting or vice versa. You know, it just, mm -hmm. that's the way it went, but melodies yeah. I, I mean when you think of the 70s here's, here's my question for you when you think of the 70s musically i have a hard time uh, defining the 70s was it the decade of punk rock was it the decade of the last gasp of um psychedelia was it motown was it this easy listening kind mm. of early rock like steely dan and uh, michael mcdonald and doobie brothers oh yeah um was it yeah. disco you know <sighs> was it was it something else? I don't know. Like there's so much going on. There is, Funk. there is a lot going on. And I think, and I'm sure books have been written about the influence that, that, that would have happened when vehicles went from simply AM radio to now you've got an FM radio yeah. in your vehicle. And I don't remember my parents having an FM. It, it happened in, I think 82 or 83 when we got the, phoenix that was the name of the car and it came with a cassette deck and an fm um and fm on the radio dial and that was deck? just it, yeah not, yeah not like i remember <laughs> oh, no. you and i talked about eight tracks we, yeah. my parents had an eight track in the car before i could remember and i'm sure dad had one eight track it might have been a buddy holly <laughs> could have been uh george jones like i don't know my dad's musical tastes were well well we're very 70s but my parents are never big like mm, oh here's music a, a freaks bit, uh, like i am cult but cultural insight for you so our listener uh, does not know <laughs> okay. that i am from the, the south american nation of guyana which is a um, a caribbean nation even though it's in south america and mm -hmm. yet in guyana which is known for its caribbean uh, music and even its East Indian music has a presence there as well. There is a great love of an American country singer named Jim Reeves. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, he did like Smokey in the band. And I like, uh, yeah, I yeah. Just, I just, I can't say. It's the most. I know the name. And now white bread <laughs> country I've ever heard. It's inoffensive. It's fine. It's, there's nothing to it for, to, for my taste. But I we had Jim Reeves' eight-track tape that was played in my father's car endlessly. <laughs> Hated those guys. 
<laughs> well, we got to listen to AM and um, it was in those days, CHQT 1110 on the dial. I still remember that. And uh, we, yeah, we listened to the news and then CHQT late seventies was still an easy listening, easy listening station. But it, we're, if we're talking about the late seventies, you're going into easy listening <laughs> from the sixties, which boy, Oh, I remember hearing Simon and Garfunkel and you know, knowing who the Beatles were and things like you that. You and I had but... different 70s experiences. <laughs> so were you uh, were you the youngest child or oldest? No, child? just uh, my sister and myself. And I'm four years older than her. Okay, I so was born the... in 70 and she was born in 74. Gotcha. So you were the the trendsetter for your little generation of siblings. There. I would have, I, yeah. I, I not... We're more or less the same age, but I'm the youngest mm-hmm. of five. Yeah. And so I had oh. siblings who would dictate what my musical exposures were. Okay. This I did not know. This is good. Okay. And so my, when I was coming of age in the early (laughs) seventies, my elder um, siblings were young teenagers who were into disco (laughs) off to the discotheque dressed in that appropriate way. (laughs) And so that, and you know, my my other brother was into hard rock. And so we had the the kiss albums with the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. There's, there's you must on. have pictures of like I, I you must have pictures of them. Class, my friend. You took one. Let me explain. So, oh um, dear. As the high achieving um young nerdy student that I was, and disco being a big thing in the that early mid late 70s, at oh, some point boy. in my elementary school, it was announced that a handful of lucky children who were <laughs> well behaved and got the approval of their teachers, would be selected to be taught <laughs> disco dancing. And I was pushed forth by Just hear the announcements. Teachers. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So your your teachers figured you were a good, you'd be the perfect candidate for some, it was some a, disco it was, dancing at lunch. The, the, the criteria weren't who's a good dancer, who needs to ah. learn to dance. The criteria was who's a good student. Which is ridiculous. Okay. And the reward was you get yeah. to disco dance. Oh my God, what a horrible reward that is. But only for the smart kids. Only for the smart kids. In, in, inclusion at its finest. Oh yeah, okay. God. And it was only like four of us. So four <laughs> okay. of us. Every day for and away a couple you go. weeks, you'd have to go <laughs> to the gym and be taught how to do And already, you don't want to be touching girls when you're that age. You just feel no. weird about it all. And how, do you, how do you touch and learn how to disco dance at the same time without making a mess of both right like you have reached the end of the podcast